It was all a pipe dream Watching body boarding up on TV Deep at reef watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying Riptide Eating shit pipe Alright, g'day and welcome to a new special segment of Luke's Lounge An episode where we bring you Boogie Adventure Abroad In a close and um, very real time As our busy lives will allow us Today's guest has been such a cone ser- on such a cone searching quest of late that reports were filtering back to his family and friends here in Sydney that he'd been last sighted in an Atlantic freight train on an all stop service to the Holy Grail of aquatic cylindrical time travel. In other words, he's headed on over to Skeleton Bay just like a pig in shit to get barred off his scone. You know. Welcome, Tales of the Boog, everyone, a new segment where no trad stays unturned. And please let me welcome to the potty the man who's visited the donkey seven times now. As he said just off air, he's pretty much an addict just itching for his next fix over there. It's Joshua Cleave. Cleavey, man, thanks for coming on. Oh, Licky, thanks for having me, bro. I won't lie, I'm always looking forward to listening to what people's intros are going to sound like. And bro, not not disappointed today. You're very creative, bro. Very creative. Love it. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks again. I, I get a real kick out of doing this, and um, when I get people on the potty, especially with what you've just gone through, bro. Like, I'm I'm super excited to chat. Like, can you please just yeah? Can you please explain to everyone out there what it's like to head on over to Skeleton Bay, man? Like, I. I for me, bro, like you know, just before um, you know, you tell us about your experience. For me, as I was saying off air, that those images and 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 those clips, when you're watching them at home as a viewer, you you're getting an understanding of what's going on. But you know, I would really like to hear from yourself, being over there seven times, man. As as I said earlier in the intro, what it's like to go ride Skeleton Bay because it, it just looks like nothing else on earth. Oh, man. Well, it's not. So you, you've hit the nail on the head there. I should probably like, I'd probably take you back to my first, my virgin voyage. If I were to really like accurately, like kind of um, capture, you know, the essence of what it felt like to see that place for the first time. I think like, I think so. I'm just going to take in a little bit of a story here, but we, the first time we saw, oh, bro, we got time, please. We got story. time. All right, sweet. All right, sweet. So, the first time we saw footage of this place um, was in 2008. It was it was that last trip with, um, yep, the guys in it, Corey, Corey Lopez. Yep. And um, I remember watching that on YouTube and just, just being like, what in the hell is this? What is going on here? <laughs> and it was like, I think there was, if I think of it now, there was only like 10,000 views or something on that YouTube clip back then. Because obviously the internet was just such a small thing. And I suppose this was like quite a niche. And I think even surfing as a whole hadn't really developed into like a thing that just your run of the mill, like weekend warrior was kind of in, they wouldn't have been that interested. Well, they might've been, but you know what I mean? It just wasn't getting around the way that it is now. You didn't have stab. You didn't have any of those things. So yep. I remember watching it and just being like, what is this? And um, I lived in Cape Town then, right? So, I, so I'm thinking like, I, I, I guess I'm thinking like how 
do I make this happen? And I think with my, my kind of younger mind, I didn't think that it was like a possibility for me. I didn't kind of have that like adventurous spirit. I was kind of nervous. I was like, it's somewhere in Africa. It's somewhere in Namibia. I've never traveled there. How am I going to do this? So I kind of left it for a few years. And I remember in 2011, there was like probably the first or second time that Boogs have gone up from, from Cape Town. Well, I suppose probably some of the first Boogers to have gone there, really. Um, three, of our, three of our mates, I don't know if you remember Quirbus Borsman. He's like basically... Yep, yep. Yeah, talk, kind of, very fondly of him. Yeah, he's like kind of like the Gandalf of like bodyboarding in Cape Town. But him and Neil Smith, another filmer, and uh, it was gr- it was Greg... Greg Fraser, another film. Anyways, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually remember Greg. You know, it's funny enough. I've been on a trip to South Oz with him. That's right. Did you roll a vehicle when you? Yeah, man. We had a bit of a wild um, incident there. Hey, where like you know, I was driving the vehicle, so I've got to put my hand up and say that I've really just fucked up essentially. But me and Hoffy, me and I I don't. I'll just quickly interject. I'll I'll just give you the background with Greg Fraser. He hopped on this car um, trip. Sorry, because Moot couldn't come over to this trip we were planning on going for and then he's like oh greg's coming over staying with us he'd like to go i'm like yeah no dramas wally hopped on the back um n2 and so we were heading over those two in the back and then hoppy was in the front hoppy was showing me a clip of an eagle he just filmed and as i was going around a um a left-hand bend i was going about maybe probably 115 120 k's um as you do kind of in the desert and i just didn't realize my tires had drifted onto the um the dirt and the gravel and just tapped them stupidly skidded other side of the road swerved again and then went off an embankment and rolled um wow it was twice and we rolled back onto our wheels and um yeah man like and then you know a trucker saw us from um kind of two k's away and 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 he was coming towards and checked if we were okay and we're all good. Like when when it happened, I obviously checked everyone in the vehicle uh, and just turned around and said, like, you know, is is, is everyone alright? Is everyone alright? And, and they, they kind of came to and was a bit, you know just shaking. I'd been holding Hoffy throughout the whole oh. ordeal as we were roll, rolling, like with my hand across his chest, thinking he's the wow. youngest. And I'm going to kill this young kid. Like, you know, oh my goodness, like, dude! What so thing? Yeah, quickly that. Yeah, I mean, but just thinking, like, fuck, man, this is this is this is all my fault, kind of. At that time, and yeah, then, um, yeah, we were all unscathed, so it was just one of those moments that oh I'll God. always be very grateful for. And then, um, oh it was very traumatic. We got to ride the um, um, drive the car out of there, Cleve. We got to drive it out of the ditch, drove it for another 30 k's, and then simultaneously, all four pie, uh, tires pop. Sorry, in the middle, what on like, just over the border from Renmark into um, the South Australian border because. I was driving a fucking um, all-wheel drive Forester, and so I bent both the axles with the collision. I mean, the crash. Oh, sorry. Wow. And um, yeah, man, it, they just all went at the same time. So we were stranded there for I think like four or five hours before we got a tow truck um, back to town, and then got a bus to Adelaide, and then got hooked up with NRMA Gold Insurance. Hopped in an X Trail on my mum and dad's like NRMA Gold Insurance for free, and drove through the night and got to Monty's the next day for the swell. <laughs> he still went surfing. That still is had so to go. Wild. I yeah. mean, I mean, I get that though, cheese man. The obsession, the obsession back then, it was like it didn't make a lot of it didn't actually make sense. I was like, 
uh, anyways, you know, we're going to go into such a deep into the weeds offshoot here, but <laughs> we started off, I'm like trying to tell you the story, but maybe we haven't even, anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah, these guys all went to this trip in 2011 and each of them individually called me because I was supposed to be on that trip. I went to my cousin's 21st. Ah, love you, Hannah. That was a, whew. And at the time, you know, the next three, the next three years hurt a bit, to be honest, but I, I had a good time. But, um, they all called me individually and um, they all just spent probably like 15 or 20 minutes like unable to describe what they had just witnessed basically. And and they really got to the end of it and they, they just were like, they, you could hear they had like tears in their eyes. They were like, like kind of joy, like letting out, you know, bursts of joy and just, like, <laughs> exclamations and not really under, they're like, bro, you, you just, you just need to go there. That's all. That's all we're going to say. You need to go there. Then I, wow. uh, yeah, then I, then I, I finished my year at university and I got married to my wife and I moved straight to Australia on the 14th of January, 2012. Right. And what an wow. epic decision that was, Clavy. <laughs> yeah, I've had a good time for sure, man. Hearts in both places still, but for sure I've, I've, I've loved life here, man. Oh, um, we've definitely taken you on as our own. I reckon the Northern Beaches, yeah, definitely looks to you as like <laughs> one of their own for sure, bro. You're lovable as hell. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll take it. And when you want to go back, you can go back, but come back whenever. Just welcome arms. Welcome arms. That, thank you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I got lots of, lots of good community here from, especially from the Sydney Bodyboard Club and everything getting set up there. But yeah, man. So 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 fast forward. So it's twenty it's twenty twelve, and I set up here for three years, right? And now I'm just getting set up, so I don't have spare cash to do all these trips. I did my like honeymoon in Hawaii, like straight afterwards. I was uh, I did one trip to Sumatra, I guess. I guess I did have some cash, but I was pretty That's much pretty strapped. pimping. I reckon yeah, honeymoon yeah, yeah. in Hawaii is pretty legit. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, get this. I was staying in a room. This is so bad. Dude, we're 20, 20, I was 23 when I got married. So I was really young. I'd been with my wife already for four years. But we stayed in the same room as Sasha Specker, Mark McCarthy, and Jared Houston for the first two weeks. And I was Fuck basically, off. yeah, this is on my honeymoon, guy. And don't get me wrong. We, you know, barring the obvious that was not really too possible in that environment, um, we had a sick <laughs> time, man. We did heaps of heaps of traveling around and ch- and checking everything out and just being kind of like in a new chapter of life without any, you know, commitments or anything. Like no one yeah, was calling us. We cool. just said, yeah, it was an awesome time. And I got to compete in the pipe comp, had like the greatest day of comp of my life then. And yeah, it was just, yeah it we've was, got to talk about that later, man, because pipe yes, is for also sure. one of those for places. Sure. For sure. But yeah, basically then I was here for three years before I even got to go to Namibia. And every year I'd watch these swells come through and like, you know, people like my brother were starting to get a lot of my mates were going and it became like quite a thing that bodyboarders, they could literally get into a vehicle from their house to Cape Town and drive to this, you know, eighth world wonder. And so yeah. um, I, it was a burning desire in me to go there and I was freaking losing. And I remember I, I kind of, I think I won, yeah, I won Sydney Bodyboard Club, um, like a, I won like a travel voucher, right? On yeah, it was the end of 2014, and I was like, all right, that's it, that's going. It was like worth a grand or one and a half grand or something. Pretty, pretty cool prize. And so I, I yeah. used that to go to go over. And I remember I just flew straight to Cape Town, jumped in the car with Donny, big Donny Bassett. He's now lost a bunch of weight. He's kind of medium Donny Bassett, and then my brother <laughs> and and a couple of other couple other um, 
dudes from Cape Town. We pinned it all the way out there. The most beautiful drive, dude. Just it was about, I think we did it in about 18 hours and um, just trading off. And I got yeah, that's there. That's a pretty solid drive, though. Solid drive. Solid drive, but it's also like straighty. Straighty 180 all the way, bro. Okay. Like, okay. And just, oh, the most insane desert views and sunsets and sunrises and all those things. So, we were, yeah, we were lapping it up, man. We were so excited. And we're also, you know, when you're 20, whatever, I was 25 yeah. or 16. And you can just pull those trips off so easily without the commitment off, to responsibility. Like, you should be doing that at that time, you know? 100%. And I actually had my first son, Jay, already. So how good's my wife for letting me do that? But, yeah, that's actually, um, that's flexibility. Mate, oh, man, I couldn't give her enough props. I mean, I've been seven times, like you mentioned, so... There's that to get into as well. But I remember turning up that first morning. We drove all the way through the night. We've had such little sleep. We ended up staying at a local guy's house, Nikolai, which is just a mate of my brother's that he'd met at a previous trip. And um, I remember there's actually a video footage of us. I think we called it, um, oh, that was it, Nam Sandwich. Called it Nam Sandwich, that clip. It's on Vimeo somewhere. And um, we, <laughs> we pulled up and we just, we are just, screaming at the first wave we see it was like it was probably about a four foot day but it was like right on the beach it was slow and just grinding and i was i was like having heart palpitations i was having like a little panic attack and we just lathered lathered up our (laughs) our like you know armpits necks and nuts and everything with vaseline and uh, (laughs) just headed straight out and I remember just, it was like such a relief and like a mind walk at the same time. It would just been so much, so, such a build up to be able to get there that when I got into my first one, uh, I was just like, I can't believe I'm in this. I was like laughing in the pit. I was literally just laughing, like, like hysterically. And then and I you have watched... time to laugh inside that pit. Hey, like you honestly you do, have man. You do. You do. So you'll, so you'll, you'll, it kind of like, it was straining so much off the bank. It felt a bit like slipping into like a flow rider. And then you soon realize you need to start going like Mach 10 to get through your first section. And as you kind of build up speed, you know, the, the, um, the lip will like, you know, run away from you a bit. And as you build up speed and that first like drive down the wave, you're just praying that you're able to match the wave speed. And then once you get to that speed, you make it out your first section, or at least you think so. And as you're about to come out, which is usually the point that like the wave blows out and you get spanned to the channel and you just have like this, you know, like feeling of absolute froth and everyone's watching and it's like the great moment. You don't come out. You just stay in there. So, so you're like, all right, all right, let's keep on going. Let's start managing our breathing. And then that's when uh, probably around that point, your mind starts to melt because you're like, <laughs> I, can, I can still do this. You, you're expecting for it to be over, but you're like, I can still just keep on doing. Yeah, that. because uh, you're thinking you're going to go under. That like the shock is going to get you. It's, it's you're going to be just yeah, yeah, yeah popping yeah. up right yeah, the next one on the head. And and not just that. There's there's for sure some of the craziest things that have ever happened in barrel riding history have gone down there for sure. Because you'll be you'll be hit with a shocky, and just thinking, oh, it's over. Oh, I'm going to lose out on the rest of this wave, and then you'll just kind of punch through it. Or maybe the shock you'll get underneath your board a bit and give you a little bit of vomit. And next thing you've like gone into another section. You, and in your head, you're like, I cannot believe I just punched through that section. Yes, I just, yes. I just like, 
it feels like I like Ryan Hardy through like a section of the box or whatever. And now yeah, it makes you feel so proud. Stuff. You're like, fuck yeah, I Dude. just nailed that. <laughs> so proud. And the odds are that no one saw it. So you're just on your own <laughs> and they're just freaking out. So you like punch in the next section and then you, oh man, I had this, I had this one way of my first trip where I went, I, I drew, I drew like a sick line. I was really stoked with the line I drew. It was like full hyper, hyper extended, like kind of like seal pup sliding along the ice. And then as I, as it started going off the bank a little bit, it started getting a little almondy. So I, so I was like, all right, I know what to do. I'm just going to aim high and tight and see if I can use whatever I speed. Just 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 like you know, point the ship like three degrees north and just head up at, at a slight degree and just like make it up with whatever speed I've got left. And I just got to like out the almond, and I didn't get out of anything. I just, it went over the net, over the bank again because it kind of like slowed up by that point. And as I was about to come out, it just I just went into like a cavern, and it was just heaving in there. And so I went <laughs> down the road, like, like inside the pit now. So I'm like inside another pit, it's like inception barrel. This so is as so I come hard down hard. into the, yeah, as I come down into it, I'm like, no ways. I'm like doing a re-entry into it. So I'm like, make sure you get a good scoop on this because you're going to need all the speed you can get in this next section. And I get to the bottom, and it's doing like a like a obviously this is going to sound exaggerating but it's doing like a lead hamilton a chopes number where it's sucking so hard off the bottom that i think i want to like draw a bottom turn and i actually have to like do like a like a cutback almost like it's drawing so hard off the bottom that i have to like lean on my outside rail to like to not get like sucked up and pitched over that's insane so you're pretty much trying to ride towards shore yeah, exactly. But obviously the wave's starting to run off now. So at this point, I just go, that's too much for me. And I remember just rolling onto my back and just giving up. And I was like, that's, that's enough of that. I don't know what is going on right now. I'm just going to call it a day. Well, I, was, I wasn't going to make that section. But I was like, I've never experienced this ever. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to roll into my back and take my flogging. And we'll start this again. <laughs> Dude, talk about floggings. Give us a mm. rundown on flogging out there because I, I hear a lot of chatter about, you know, getting swept mm. down the point and knowing that the, there's there's a cutoff point you've got to come in by before it kind of gets too far gone. Like what yeah. kind of um, dangers have you run into out at Skeleton Bay? Because it looks pretty wild and desolate out there, Clevy. It really is, man. The Atlantic Ocean, the raw power of the swell that hits the Atlantic Ocean, it's probably kind of similar to something that you'd find down in South Oz or WA. But um, so basically what happens is there's this big west swell that's kind of hitting the whole of the Namibian coast. And then when you get to um, the donkey, the bay bends in, right, like a 90 degree pretty much. And that's obviously where you can see the lines that would usually just be closing out onto shore, start wrapping around this corner and running down the full length of this, whatever, one and a half or two kilometer spit. But of course, as you get to the end of the point, the beach bends back to its original angle, right? Which means that everything else closes out once again for the foreseeable future. And so the the general rule has become like, don't get caught at the end of it like make sure that by your time especially on the bigger days <clears throat> by the time you've got to say three quarters of the point that's enough call it quits and and head out and the most harrowing story i've got for sure was um 2018 which i actually the same day got wave of my life for sure um but this run that i'd done it was really first of all it was really foggy which is quite common there i reckon like 60 percent of the time 
there's definitely fog in, at least in the morning and so eerie so eerie dude so eerie but you, you're frothing because you'll see people come past out, like gorillas out of the mist and just screaming <laughs> their heads off and, and you're like lose it but then you're like so nervous because often it's these big period swells and there'll be lulls for a while you're just kind of hanging out and then there'll just be eight six to eight foot waves come through that are breaking as hard as like Higi shore break and so like I, I did a, I did a, I did a run I think I got one or two like, like decent ones and then I, I got I definitely got a little bit like greedy and I think I like sat down there and I was like I'm not scared of the end of the point I've had a few times where I've kind of like taken my beating at the end of the point and then kicked with the wave to like get me in a bit further and um I was sitting there and I was thinking like, it is a bit of a big day. I should probably get out, but I couldn't see much. And I was just waiting, waiting, waiting. And suddenly I looked to, I suppose I'm facing out to sea. Usually you're looking kind of like at an angle to your left, watching the waves come down. And I just hear like noise out of my right side. And I just see like right handers <laughs> breaking towards me. And I'm like, oh no. And my heart like sank. And I was like, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Bro. Just get out. Just make sure you get the next one and get out. And I, of course, dude, it's like a horror story. I, I paddle over this wave and I just see like a black coming out of like the mist or the fog. And I'm like, I can't tell how big it is, but I'm pretty sure we're working with like an eight foot close up now. And I, I, I think to myself, like, I can't tell if I needed to like paddle in or paddle out. So I just sit there for a second and I'm like, basically stop praying and also start panicking at the same time because I'm like, this is so powerful. This is like the most powerful wave I could take on the head. And I cannot afford to lose my, um, my board. I can't afford to snap my leash. And as I'm like making a call, I, I sprint paddle like five strokes out and then realize, nah, wrong call. Um, it's going to, no. it's going to close up in front of you. And so it did. It broke like a few meters in front of me oh. and you just shot like, back up into the sky you can imagine i was already getting pummeled by this you can imagine like the spit shooting out of the back of this wave was just so hollow and i remember like just getting my like frogging my whole board like getting my arms and my legs like around my whole board and just like rugby scrumming it like whatever you do family is this board and it was so it was so like harrowing i came up and i was just trying to fight my fear and keep my keep my breathing like kind of calm yeah I was, just, I was basically just fighting my own fear the whole time because it's like absolutely mauled me and i was like yes i've still got my board and then the next one comes and it kind of like like he he kind of like sucks you back into the impact zone and you're just trying to keep the thoughts of all the stories of guys getting caught down there and what never to do and all this stuff just trying to keep that out of your head and focus on like surviving and I, th I think I took like four or five and then I just kind of like, as it got a little bit smaller, I, I just kicked with the wave as hard as I can. Like I remember coming up and just spluttering, like choking, like gasping for air. And then like, as I got closer and closer in, it took like forever for the power to settle enough to like, just be like, I'm okay. And um, I got to the beach, dude. And I'm not going to, I'll be honest, dude. I cried like a baby, dude. I was like lying on my back, like crying just so so stoked to be alive and i was like i i think i stood there i took i stood down there for like 10 or 15 minutes and then i like started the long dreary walk up back just like thank the lord i'm okay and i remember like Aritz arubu that like backhand surfer he ripped he was he'd come out right next to me after like a minute long pit and he was freaking out 
and I just couldn't match his energy. I was just trying to, <laughs> I was just in a somber moment there, my. Oh. So yeah, don't get caught at the bottom. I guess that's the moral of the story. Dude, you yeah, turned me on my head there. Eh? I'm just thinking about how gnarly that would have been, especially by yourself, and it's just. No yeah. one kind of around, you know, like, well, there, there is, but, but at the same time, they're not down in your zone. And um, when you're, yeah. yeah, when you come up spluttering after that four or five waves, I remember there was a session um, we had down at a certain wave in Victoria and um, mm. there was this West South West well that was picking up like really frantically throughout the morning. It was actually the morning um, that a uh, surf lifesaver actually died at a um, beach only, I think, five, six kilometres down the stretch. But because no, um, no. yeah, it just jumped so powerfully, much like you're talking about the Atlantic, like it was that uninterrupted, just pure groundswell that's getting whipped off by storms. There's no refraction. There's no like, you know, dodging mm. landmass kind of hitting straight on and yeah, yeah jack baker of all people kindly walked my fins down after asking to grab them out, out of the car because they were in his car and i traveled in another one and he got me two left fins which oh. was quality man you know what i mean so then i had to like twist them over and i just was kind of underdone it was around easter we'd been drinking and this swell just kept building and building and building and by the end it was probably 12 maybe a little bit bigger bombing sets. Um, and then these just 15 footers came in and oh, no. I remember the first one paddling over it and duck diving through the lip and, um, feel like you're going nowhere and you really are going nowhere. And then the next one comes and you're frantically trying to get over it. And as you duck dive through it, like just the wall behind it, like you feel like you're duck diving into the whole ocean. It's not just a wave. And, um, yeah, yeah. getting pulled back and then the third one, the first two had already cleaned up, I think, Baker and um, uh, Tahitian fellow was over. I really feel bad because I've forgotten his name. It was an absolute Tahiri? No, it wasn't Tahiri Henry. It was um... – anyway, it'll definitely yeah, come to me later. Okay. But, um, yeah, man. And then I think it was – Moody and Chris Della got over the the last. I got done by the third, and then they got over the fourth and the fifth. And I remember Della getting. I think no, Della got over the fourth, and then got a pit in front of me on the fifth, and actually got barreled off his date. Chris Della, man, to this day, I remember that wave. He got so barreled and properly came in behind the peak at this certain wave. And I'm sure everyone can, you know, just have a guess where I'm talking about. Like it's together, not. Yeah. Yeah, not easy to do, and especially with um, just paddling so far out and getting himself back in the sweet spots to do that. And I floated over to the left where it kind of comes into the cliffs there. And, oh, man, man, I had a moment there, you know, where I thought, okay, well, if another wave comes now, I don't have the energy or the um, the air left in my lungs, you know, to get where I need to yeah. be. Like I'm, I'm just yeah, getting yeah. up here. And it becomes a moment of, like, yeah, <laughs> it becomes a moment of life or death. It it really does. And there's and there are moments in the ocean where, unfortunately, you know, through passions and pursuits, you push yourself to the um, ultimate, yeah, end. Really, and it's yeah, it's quite yeah, frankly, yeah, for sure. You know, the pleasure and the pain too, Josh, with your trip, man. Like, you know, you're getting barrels and and moments that are like honestly blissful. Like, um, with, with all jokes aside, like it's insane being inside a movie running wall of energy like that for that long. It's, it's unprecedented. Like there's not many places yeah. in the world you can do that and it should never really be done, but it's, it's happening. So then <laughs> the, the risk is, is obviously going to be there. And unfortunately you're going to have to pay the piper every now and again. Eh? You're going to have to hand over your fucking solid. For sure. For sure. 
for sure and and learn that and learn that learn that lesson there and then and just do whatever you can to like kind of mitigate those because you know you know that getting getting flogged at in, at skeleton bay is like it's just a big part of it like it is such it's such a, if you can think of this right the way i like to put it is that um Say hypothetically it is as heavy as surfing like Kiki, right? Like many bodyboarders have spent many, many, many a day down a Kiki taking floggings and it's heaps of fun, right? But what you, but what you do there is that you just sit at the bottom of the wave and you slide into it. Maybe you free fall into it, but you're not moving apart from, you know, falling a tad. And this wave, you're going the fastest you've ever gone into Kiki Shori. So like when that when that shocky like taps you, the things your body does in the back it's like contorts and like you flip and you do like one of the waves I just had from this last trip, like did a did a gross chandelier over the top that like like the burger's nightmare tipped the back of my of my legs and just sent me like a little bit sideways into the flats and immediately lost rail. And I st- and as I slid into the flats, I'm like, oh, you just know in your head, you're like, oh, you're right in the zone, bro. And this thing, like, <laughs> which, which I thought was gonna like, you know, um, just slam me straight in the back, didn't. I somehow was just in front of it, and it it, it like landed just on the inside of me, and then the and then the shocky just sent my 102 kilogram carcass like into the flats. I did a full <laughs> front flip, like like a <laughs> trampoline. And landed on my back, like in the flats, and then took my beating. Because you can imagine, I could shut up and landed on me after that. And oh I was just my like, goodness! I just was like, "What? What the hell?" Like, Dude, what, how what shallow is it there, Josh? Like, is is there like you know certain parts of the bank that are shallower than than others? And and what was mm. the trip like with the bank formation over the last like seven days yeah. of that swell, man? Because fuck, yeah, what, yeah. what did you keep seeing coming back, like? It looked like it just got better and better and better. And Cyclone Lucy, actually, who we had on the potty um, only earlier, said the exact same mm. thing. The last couple of days of that swell seemed to be um, pretty Mickey Mouse. Yeah, 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 for sure. So what's notable about the banks over the last like couple of years, for me at least, barring the swell that was like one and a half months ago, because that one had, a, I think it was the bottom section of the point that was actually breaking quite close to the shore, kind of like the good old days, as they say. But... Um, the last few years, it's kind of shifted a bit further out, right? Um, it always starts off in the beginning of the year. Well, let's say always, but usually there's a few, there are like a few mounds or a few points on the point that kind of break up, break up the, the full length of the wave, you know, going from start to finish. And if you get a nice, decent sized west swell that breaks for a day or two, it starts to clean those up and just, there's a massive rip that just kind of, um, shunts from from top to bottom and just pulls the sand out from under it um, and makes a straight edge and then obviously what we're really wanting is for that straight edge to go from shallow to really deep really quick and then you've got this perfect razor edge that's absolutely heaving but recently it's kind of been a bit further out which for one makes the paddle like uh, mm, yeah pretty tricky you have to definitely time it Um, but the other thing is that you're kind of waiting for either sets to break or double ups or lower tides, I'd say for it to be like barreling the way that you uh, dream of it barreling. So that was the, that was the one thing that was, that was kind of, I'd say the two things that made it more difficult this time was, was that you just don't want any almonds, anything almondy you don't really want. 
because on the Berg, you don't have the ability to pump, right? So yes. that's the one thing that like no one ever really talks about. But on the bodyboard, you're drawing your line and you're getting as much speed as you possibly can. You're kind of hitting it at like a 45 degree and then just going down to the bottom and you're just hyper, hyper extending your body. If you've got your fins out of the water, you've got your chest up nice and high and, and then just like Mack truck settings, as Ewan would say, like leaning just over the front of your board, just getting as much uh, uh, speed as possible. And then that's what you've got to work with, bro. So if you want to slow yourself down and drop anchor a little bit, that's fine, but if you see a section coming ahead, guys like you'll see Coe Smith and Benji Brown and those those big names, they'll be like, all right, sweet. We'll just start pumping a few times. Even when you're in the barrel, they can still start pumping. And what we've got to do is like we've got a little bit, little bit of like wiggle room. And I'd say that if, you, if you're kind of like positioning yourself in the middle of the wave, like the mid-face of the wave, you've got a little bit of um, leeway to drop down again a tad bit early if you're reading it like wisely enough and then kind of like get a little bit more speed and kind of like um, use that to make it through the next section. And who knows what's coming after that. Um, and this swell, there was, there was a bit of sectioning on some of the days. And then some of the days it was just beautiful and clean. Like we extended our tickets for the Saturday and it was just glass of like oil in the morning. Um, and that was, yeah, that was sick. I got my best wave then for sure. That's epic, man. And so yeah. when when you're going over there, Cleve, you know, like you've done mm. it seven times now, man, and, and you're a guru pretty much and, and you've you know, you've surfed some of um some of the heaviest locations around the world on a boog, bro, like and only you've got to speak of your um you know, your favorite over on the north side of sitting there, Dead Man's there's been a couple of waves <laughs> there that have really fucking, you know, blown my fucking head off and just gone, Jesus, bro, put a handbrake on, but <laughs> Yeah, so skits, but you know, going back to that point, you know, your experience there um, at the donkey. What are you taking over gear wise, man? And what are you, what are you always mm. bringing as those essentials to get through the the desert mission? Oh man, well, so the last two times I've got. Oh, sorry, not last time. So 2019 and this year, I actually took guys over. So, I mean, the context for this is that it's a dream that I've wanted to be keeping alive for. Uh, you know, for as far into the future as I can foresee. Um, but just out of a pure respect for my dear wife, who's, who's, who's fully supported me doing this, I thought, let me try and turn it into something where I can take guys across and um, give them this experience that I basically had and loved so many times now. But in that, there's obviously a lot more planning. I'm trying to, trying to make it something that's a bit more of like uh, the experience that I want to have, not just in the water, but out the water. Um and the desert is pretty raw. It's, I mean, obviously, it's super raw. It's really cold at night. Um, it can get really hot in the day. There's always a wind, a wind blowing. And um, so, what I, what I'll, I'll start. Well, I, I guess I'll start with gear first for the for the wave itself. Definitely, I'm on the four threes. I'm on like four three wetsuits. Some guys like to go five four, but for me, I've got a, a little, little extra layer of something on me, so I'm I'm all good there. I'll, I'll rock a four three. Um, I'll take two of those ideally. I usually take two boards and what we'll do is we'll switch up the board. So like, there'll be like, you know, you'll find a, find a buddy system, find a buddy and use the buddy system. And like you swap a board each, just in case one of your bags doesn't make it to the other side. You've both got to set up when you get there. That's sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this, this time I, this time I took, um, I had like my 
last NMD that I that I had. Like I'm on the forty threes now. I've just decided. Dude, after listening me to too, it, man. I'm loving forty threes. It's just boats it, the whole way, bro. Dude, how often are you riding it. waves over six foot these days? Don't get me wrong. There's going to be a couple <laughs> of days we'll get the bigger crescents out. And I'm happy to go. Like, or maybe the smaller yeah, yeah. crescent, maybe a forty two. Yeah, yeah. One to six foot, bro. Forty threes all the way, bro. All the way, bro. I'm loving it. And you know what it was? It was actually listening to a party of um, Hardy, I think it was. Uh, it was Hardy and it was Rawlins, I think. I listened to two different podcasts. I think on the other, the Boogie or something. But um, oh, yeah. they were talking about using like 44s. And then when I yeah. like saw Hardy, I'm like, bro, this homie looks like he weighs about 75 or 80. I've got 20 kegs on him. And I'm like riding a small, like two inch smaller board in him. Like well, I, I definitely need to try this out. And, and so, as since I did Lucas, that, we yeah, all yeah. know. Sorry, so sorry, just to say, as yeah, big as we all know, going back um, up and down an inch, just an inch is a huge difference. You go up two inches, holy bejesus, you know what I mean? Like that's going to just open up so many doors, um, many, so many more doors, sorry, in various conditions. Yeah. Luggy, back? Yeah, yeah bro, I got gotcha. you. So, sorry, man, I've got, a, I've got a time restriction on my, on my phone that goes up at five to nine. Might happen again, so I'll try and make sure that doesn't happen classic. again. Classic. That's so good. It's such a discipline um, to be able to put your phone oh. away at, at that time, and it helps so much with sleep too, man. Or just staring into a fucking screen or not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can just bypass it with two clicks. So I've, got, I've, been, I've been hitting those clicks like crazy, bro. Oh, um, is that funny? Eh? You can put the walls up. You can take them down pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it, it does it at five to nine, and I think it does it at nine as well. So if it does it again, I actually don't know how to stop it. I'll just, I've got it in my hand. I'll just, I'll just click it off immediately. Have Sorry it. about that. Oh, dude, no drama. So we were just going on about gear, and you were just speaking. Yeah, um, yeah. About so we went through the four three wetsuits, and you're talking about the bat tails, and then obviously with um, Hardy and Rawlins, and you were seeing a couple of potties, I think, on the Labuki platform. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, just them riding the bigger bigger boards. So I I moved up as well. And then recently I went um I went to I went to Ratty or Michael Osler, and hey, and, yeah. and 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 uh, and and Rossi and they shaped me a board that was actually like a forty three and a half, so even bigger, bro. And um I took that I took that one with me, and that's basically this trip the one that I rode the most. I mean, I know that for sure because I also like plugged it with a pole cam that I ended up like using on pretty much every session that I had out there. So um, that extra, what was nice about it, I reckon was that it didn't have mesh in it and it wasn't like super, it wasn't like super stiff, but it was super new. So I kind of had like, I could dig elbow into it, but it had lots of volume um, to be able to just get up on a plane and kind of like dig rail and generate speed. You know, I'm not doing moves up there anyways. So, yeah, for sure. You just want to be pinning through a barrel. Man, I've always noticed with handpicked boards, the one thing they've always provided is that they are user-friendly from the get-go, as in like you don't mm. really have to break them in. There's something about mm. the, the decks, the way Rossi does them. I'm, I'm not going to try and talk technical because I'll be just talking square <laughs> out of my asshole. But, um, man, like they're, they're, they're ready to go straight away. And that always hasn't been the case with other boards for me. I'd have to really break them in and almost choose not to ride them at certain sessions from the get-go, knowing that um, it wouldn't be responsive. So, yeah, <clears throat> it's good to hear you had the same experience. For sure, man, for sure. So that went really good. And it's quite a relief as well because you get there thinking like, 
oh, I'm not, I'm not going to make this decision based on, you know, like last year's session or two years ago session. And I'm like, what's happened since then? Like each board has kind of a, like has little nuances about it that make it different. And I'm hoping that I'm just, you know, I'm hoping it's just going to go well. Last year I took an old board, like an idiot. And like, I didn't make a bunch of barrels because of that. I think I didn't have enough speed and I borrowed Donnie's new board um, afterwards. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've blown like a full day of barrels. Not like it didn't make any, but you know, there were sections I probably would have made with a with a new board. So Yeah, you were kinda out of the lineup just going, Ah, oh, what's going on here? There's something I miss. Yeah. You know, I've had that before. You know, there was um a batch of boards I had once and I remember the only batch of boards I've ever returned, I wouldn't say what the company's name is out of, you know, pure respect, they're absolute legends. Um that yeah, I had to go back just because you could tell there was just something going on with that, like with those boards. And it's the same when you have old boards and like boards just don't perform. You you, you yeah. simply just have this weird feeling, you know what I mean? And and like sometimes you you don't have the best day on a boog, like on anything, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you won't have your best ride or you won't have your best skate or, you mm. know, your best board, whatever. But, For man. Sure. It's pretty. It's pretty obvious after a couple of sessions. You're like, no, nah, no, nah, something's like, something's definitely a miss. So yeah, see, totally. you're already giving us lessons here, Clevy, bro. On all the trips over, you're already, you're already ticking <laughs> them off on like the things do not do. Okay, so fresh yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So just have a fresh board. I'd say a fresh board and a, and a kind of like a a couple months broken in board and just take those two across and you couple extra fins, extra fin tethers. And then because I was like uh, kind of like hosting guys, what I'd do is every every actually it's funny, bro. Like my brother and I had this dream that we'd be able to basically like run it run a tour like kind of together. Um, and then by the time it came, like he had so many dudes. So Aiden, uh, I can get into this as well soon, but yeah, he he runs Bodyboard South Africa, and um, he had so many guys that were coming over. He had a crew from kind of like some from one guy from America, from Puerto Rico, and then like five guys from Portugal and like a couple guys from South Africa. So that we were just like, okay, I've got a full car. You you got two full cars there. Let's just split it up. We're both going to be in the same place anyways. So I ended up kind of just running, running my own little operation there. And um, what I would bring down, bro, which I, I just don't understand why no one else was doing this because we had the sickest vibes, bro. I had, we had like, everyone bought like, we bought like three bags of wood each every day. We had like Briar Grid, which is like, for those who don't know, it's basically like barbecuing, but like over over wood or charcoal. Um, I had like the night before, well, I actually got up at like four that morning and prepped like, um, like, Bry sandwiches basically essentially like you just make like you know whatever chicken mayonnaise or like sometimes that have sausage or ham ham cheese like tomato whatever butter See. the outsides wrap them up in tin foil and then chuck them on the chuck them on the bry plus we had steaks we had coffee and biscuits rusks fruit and then like um like we had like cold beers for the end of the day as well and it's we just like set a up a fucking resort out there mate <laughs> bro we're all, we're all simple dudes we're there to get barrels but like when you come in and the fire is just blaring there's tunes pumping there's like 25 boogs around there i promise you like it looked like work for a lot of those those pros and for sure some of them had some epic crews but i just uh, you'd walk back up and you'd see like 60 70 four by fours all facing into the wind some of them have their wives and girlfriends there and they're kind of looking cold and miserable and you'd get to our crew, bro, and it literally looked like kind of like a morning after a festival. It'd be like 30 <laughs> dudes 
just <laughs> dancing up and down to some like banging tunes, just laughing, filming, like, you know, creating all sorts of shenanigans. Kingy was there. He came oh, out. Oh, man, I there. saw some stuff from Kingy. Yeah, I love that clip of him walking through the fire. I had to repost that. On <laughs> Did Richie's you see like, that? So good, eh? And then the, like, the behind-the-scenes shot after of how they were filming it, that was even better. <laughs> oh, man, he was killing me. Hey, you reckon he held off on that clip for a bit just so that co could get his stuff out? He didn't want to flood the internet. And, uh, oh, that <laughs> so fucking good, man. He's so quick-witted, so, Kingy. I've never met a bloke like him. Nothing like it, bro. It was actually like you know that you um you covered that podcast with him where you guys spoke about um the thing happening with the wall uh, yeah the break wall the break wall break wall getting ripped up and replaced and everything. So there's a few guys there that didn't know the story, and they were kind of like, "Wait, what is this? What are you talking about?" And they're like, "What?" So they're ripping down the wall, what just for you know kind of to create like a bit of tourism and then kind of getting rid of all this heritage. They're like and they're like, "So so how? What do you mean you're fighting a kingy?" He's like, oh, mate, we had to, like, hire a whole legal team and we had to take it, like, all the way to the top. So I said to Kingy, that wouldn't have been too far to go for you, Kingy. <laughs> he, he has a little chuckle and he goes, no, nah, mate, actually I had to walk downstairs, eh? Oh, <laughs> fuck it. That's good. I'm, eh? like, I'm like, how quick is this dude, eh? I think, oh, I'm like, I think I'm being pretty chuffed with myself for, like, a, you know, fairly, like, witty little comment there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just retorts with like one second break and just like steamrolls me. Yeah, so I know. Funny. Almost like looks at your souls. Like, is there anything left? Is there anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good. I went around telling everyone to be honest because no one really heard it. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, epic man. Oh, dude. Yeah. And- Talk about filming and, and everything, Clevy, man. Like, you know, you've obviously sent me that little teaser that you're working on at the moment and, and what's going to mm. be coming out. Give us a rundown mm. on that, man, because, you know, Elliot, yeah. I obviously sent it over to him and it, you could see by the messages he was fucking amped on it, man. It looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. So this, so every year that I've gone there, I've all I've done is like used a mount, mouth mount which I've actually loved just for practicality. I love that you can just like, you take a GoPro, right, for starters. Because you may get footage from the beach, but you can't really rely on that being the case. You just, it's such a long stretch of beach and not everyone's in the right position all the time. And sometimes they don't pull the trigger on boogs or whatever, you know. So, or or they've got the clips and you can't, you don't know who they are. So, take your own GoPro. And um, I've always used the mouth mount, which has been sick because you can just kind of like, you know, look at it. Oh, sweet. We're not filming. Now we're filming. Cool. I can see the, it's, I've got the picture up there. We're, we're running. We're live. And then put it back in your mouth and then that's it. Kind of just ride, ride and enjoy the ride. I didn't think about it too much. I was trying to stay like present and just enjoying the experience and just have this clip running the whole time. And then this year, um, I kind of like, um, I kind of linked up, I linked up with Shane Ackerman actually before leaving. I was just doing some work down in this area. Um, and yeah, I went. I went with him, and I got got my hands on a um, what was it like a salty surf housing's like. It's actually, I think they're like they they they're like a business that runs in conjunction with Knecht. Uh, I think they're called Knecht. Yeah, like like uh, soft mount poles. And, okay. And I'm sh- I'm sure you've seen like a bit of Shane stuff before. It's like always yeah, like a pretty un- pretty unreal angle. Um, and I don't know a too lot. many other guys that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, Cleve, I was just going to say a lot of that um, GoPro mount stuff I've seen at a, at a pretty little famous um, 
you know, mm. just rock ledge, mm-hmm. death ledge um, down the south coast of um, mm-hmm. Shane. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about with those mountains. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, that's the one. And there's some beautiful shots there, honestly. That's an incredible shot, especially when the water's blue and the sun's glistening through the back. And it kind of gives you like a ready player one kind of angle, you know. Actually, actually yeah. uh, another guy that got a banging clip, I think, oh, well, the first guy, I think, to, oh, yeah, one of the, yeah, the first guy, I think, was actually Ben, Ben Player in 2017. He took like something like that. He made his own one on his back. Then I think Shane got one in 2018 that I don't even know if he ever released. And then um, this year, there was another guy, Luke Dixon. I, I know his clip did, did the, um, did the rounds he's a he's a legend he's a guy from uh from Comicky, which is the little town that i grew up on it's kind of like um kind of like avalon and like margaret river made a baby i think something like that it's like a surf, wow surf that's star. a beautiful mix by the sounds of things oh crazy mix man all these guys michael february and uh matt bromley eli Burke, it's a lot of like really good surfers and musicians and that come out of there oh, but um marky february take my hat off hey how <laughs> man what a delicious human being oh poetry in motion hey such a beautiful thing to watch and actually craig ando was there as well which is like kind of his like goofy counterpart in my opinion and what a treat to watch that guy ride bro yeah. oh my god and just, just to even like, have a yarn, you know, just to even mm. like, you know, hear him speak. I know that sounds so, um, so no, like no. worshipy, but like, man, he's he's just um, he's just a wise fellow that just has such a cool outlook on life. Yeah, you know? kind of like the kind of like the kind of like the wise old man in the young dude's body. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. definitely. <laughs> he's always played cool. He just always seemed to pulls like pulls the right strings and just um, does it for the right reasons. And you can just tell it's just pure That's from him. It's, it's crazy. Eh? <laughs> he, he's an exception. He's just such an exception that fella. Anyway, I'll um, go back off my yeah yeah yeah. Crazy love obsession around with Craig Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I had so I had this pole camera and and, and I'd been so pumped to give it a try, and um, kind of like once I'd like figured out the angle to set it at and kind of just worked out a couple of little things. It was kind of like a little bit loose. I had to, I had to kind of like um, screw it on one more, one more half round to get it tight. Um, and yeah, then I started getting these, getting these shots. It wasn't, it didn't even bug me at all, bro. Like the only thing I could, I could feel is if I ever came shooting out of a pit and it was kind of a flatter part of the wave that I wanted to kind of like cut back and set up, which you're not generally doing there anyways. But yeah, if I had a cutback moment, I'd feel like a little bit in my right hip. But apart from that, it's just like not there at all, you know. That is just so like, so cool. Yeah, it's so cool to feel like kind of free on the wave and not be inhibited at all, and then have that film in those moments, those glorious yeah. time portal moments, like moments yes. that you'll be able to look back on, Clevy. And you know, yeah. I'm sure you've shown your kids already, but just to just go through and have that in the back pocket and realize that you've surfed some of the most incredible waves on planet Earth that we know of, really. Like, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this this stuff that stuff that you felt like before you've surfed there, like you feel like this. You thought you knew what was possible with wave riding. You kind of had your 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 bracket that you thought waves fitted inside, and then this just blew it right out. And what yeah, a treat. I always I always think like I always think to myself, how stoked am I that I chose booging because I feel like my my, my theory is that you can be like a seven out of ten booger and just absolutely dominate that place even on the heavy days you know or at least may at least get one in a, in a full day of doing laps that like is the greatest wave you've ever ridden but you have to be a one in 100 
percent surf, you know, one in one hundred surfer to be able to, and ideally goofy to be able to make a few sections there. The guys that are riding it well are really the the one percent of the one percent. It is so difficult, man. Yeah, that's crazy, and it just shows that the the boards that we do choose, um, toast to ride, like body boards, they're made for those heavy, just slabby, yeah. low sea level waves, and it's epic to see. You know, you can just sum it up there. You, you you've been there seven times, and you wouldn't dare take a surfboard out there. It's boog heaven, and it's just... <laughs> I've taken one twice. I haven't put Have it in you? the water. Bro. I haven't put it in the water. Bro. Every oh. time, even if it's like two feet or three feet, I'm like about to paddle out. And then I'll see one set come through that's like 3.3 feet. And I'm like, nah, nope. Back to the boot. Back to what I know. Let's not poke an eye out or, you know, get injured now. Let's just go enjoy what I came here to do, bro. And that's just sit in the little, you know, the little hug hole for as long as possible. (laughs) Yeah, so wild. Do you reckon um, you're going to go back again? Oh, for sure, man. For sure. I think every year, every year is different. It becomes like a little bit of, I feel like it's more, maybe a little bit more of a gamble now. It's actually hard to say, man, because it was feeling that way. I remember like 2016, there was, I went there and I've never had like a dud swell. I've always had like good size, but the banks were a bit strange that one. And then everyone starts going, oh no, this is the end. looks like it's going to get, you know, it's going to be lemons and, in the future, it might start deteriorating. And then I go back 2017 and it's absolutely heaving. We actually took Ben across that year. And I remember he's got this, he's, I've got this text that he, that I saved um, of his. And it was like a few days afterwards. And he said, I've had some time to think about it now, fellas. And I just wanted to say those were for sure the greatest waves I've ever had in my life. Something along those lines. And I remember, I remember being like so happy because I, I, I kind of like thought, I didn't chase it like, you know, I grew up with Jerry and um, Sasha and those guys chased it so hard. And I only did like kind of like one comp really. Um, and I felt like I'd missed out on a lot. I just didn't chase it like those guys did. And then when Ben said that, I was like, wow. So of all the things you've ever did, all those videos I've watched you write and all those things I've frothed over, you reckon this could be the day, huh? And I'm like pretty, pretty privileged and stoked to, be, to have been part of that. Bro, so, you're going to be um, so chuffed over that. That's insane to hear. Like <clears throat> Ben has ridden sorry, some of the craziest waves known to, to mankind on bodyboard. Like, <laughs> how can you top that? That's just, yeah, smile no, from year to year. For sure, for sure. It's, um, yeah, it's a, truly a, a special place, man. It, re- it really is, man. And you never know what you're going to get. All I, I can say this. You are guaranteed to have some of the most physically demanding um, – yeah, it's one of the most physically demanding things you could ever do. It's it's like I think we did 120 kilometers in like five or six days. They estimated thereabouts. Um, you know, you finish oh, oh, and wave riding or well walking. Or sixty of each, sixty of each. But but the wow. sand is soft, bro. The sand is soft. I mean, you don't you don't even know the amount of magnesium I, I drank in the week leading up and the and, and the week there. Um, and, and like I said, I think I mentioned to you before, but I didn't end up cramping up, which is like literally a miracle. I remember sitting cracky like a couple months ago for three hours and I cramped so hard by the end. And here I am like six days in, no cramps and no chafe, courtesy of the Vaseline. And I'm thinking like, what? I can't believe it. But yeah, you got that. 
and then in the night, everyone's so hospitable and the vibes are so good that everyone goes out for dinner, has like the world's greatest calamari, the world's greatest steaks, a couple beers and like the biggest yarn. Everyone just sharing all their all their stories throughout the day. Get home at like 10, go to sleep, wake up at 4, prep all the stuff for the day and then just do like essentially like a half marathon and just rinse and repeat for like six days. So it's a crazy amount of work, but you get these magic moments in, in between that you, you're already pre-booking your flight back pretty much the way the, the moment you get to the beach after a good one. You're just like, I've got to come back. Clevy, I'm kind of gobsmacked, eh? Like, I think <laughs> it just sounds so, so crazy and so dreamy. And kind of, you know, I don't want to get everyone on the case, but it sounds pretty accessible. Do you know what I mean? When you when you really... Man, it's... It, it is in theory it is right so the the thing that the thing that makes it kind of like seem accessible is that it's not in the middle of nowhere it is near Valfaspar so it's like there's a there is a town kind of nearby the thing that makes it really difficult for us well there's a couple things really one the most difficult thing is to be able to read the charts and really like identify if it's something worth um dragging your ass over from Australia you know what I mean? It's such a tricky call to make. And, and and mind you, this is not something that you plan on months in advance. It's something that you have to be able to tell your boss, I'm leaving in three days. And tell your wife, I'm leaving in three days. Right? Just think about that for a second. How many, how many dudes are, are able to do that? Then you have to – sorry, I keep on going, bro. I'm just running here. But Dude, then, please, tell me your thoughts. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the one thing, right? You, there are a very select number of guys that can do that. Also, there have to be guys that are that can ride the wave, right? Or have the athleticism or kind of the physical ability to even cope out there. Then you've got to be, you want to be part of a crew because you want to try and fill a car or fill a place to stay so that you're not paying full price on your own, you know? We're all burgers here. Most of us are on, on some kind of budget and no one's paying for us but us. It's all blue-collar boys out there. So you want to find a crew. So now you're going to get, so now you're trying to look for like three other dudes, you know, this 1% of the 1% that are able to do this with you. And um, if you can throw that together, now you, you reach out and, and, and you try book accommodation. Okay, accommodation's cool. We got that sorted. We need a book of four by four. I'll wait. 900 four by fours already booked out before anyone, before anyone even arrived there because August is like their biggest tourism month and there's so much like sand dune touring, stargazing, fishing, all these other things going on. Everything, like all the main companies gone. Oh, so now you got to know someone, right? So you got to know someone with a de- with a contact or maybe you can try one of the private companies or you got to consider flying into a different city so that you can book one there or whatever. And then and then and then after that you have to be able to like at least have the um kind of like just the just the knowledge to be able to just get around there you know you could most most guys could do it but you'd want to you're still in africa it's still a wild place and you'd probably want to you know at least at least have been there before or know someone that has been there before so you know kind of the places to go the places to not go uh, and how to get to exactly to the wave itself and how to drive on sand and how to drive potentially through water and those kinds of things as well. There's a lot of things that can go wrong, man. It's, it's yeah, a, dude, it's you've, a got wild trip. you've got um, 
you've got to have a skill set. You've got to have a certain skill set to go on those adventures and you've got to have a certain, you know, skill set and um, a certain, you know, logical factor that, that, um, that kind of dictates your behavior and, and how you kind of run the show because there's a lot of decisions out there. I'm sure like, you know, any other remote place in the world where if you make the wrong one, you might not come back, you know, and that's actually even just from getting caught in soft sand and um, getting washed away, like with uh, waves approaching, all kind of stuff, and then being stranded out there and not being able to make it back. Like, you know, stranger things sure. have happened. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just no, one happened. Happened thing that I can man. just think of. Yeah, like, dude, I've seen that happen in South Oz on, to two different people with troopies. You know what I mean? Getting caught on a beach and their car just gets <laughs> washed away with the ocean as the tide comes in, and they've got nothing to do about it because they're in fucking career of anyone you know so like and that's the first thought that comes to my head and there'd be a million other factors out there you've got to you know not to mention <laughs> getting knocked out by someone as they approach you or get flogged or you know yeah, as yeah, yeah. yeah in the sure. lineup like did that happen on the most recent swell as there were so many people there there were guys, there were quite a few dudes there i didn't i saw there were a couple burns unfortunately which was like <clears throat> which is um which kind of sucked a bit but i didn't see actual boards hitting people i think people just end up pulling straight or whatever i wouldn't say there were heaps of burns but there was there was a few and there was a bit of like um impatience and kind of like paddling up the point past people which is kind of um not the way it's not the way of the point you know so to say it's kind of like the great equalizer of that place you know, whoever whoever you are, it doesn't seem to matter much. They've got this really wonderful rule where um, no one's allowed to drive up and do and do laps using the vehicle for a couple of reasons. One, it just becomes unfair. That's like kind of the main one. But also, <clears throat> it does become dangerous when there's like there's also like kids on the beach and there's like you know other people setting up and that. And when people are watching the best waves in the world, they kind of like get distracted. So um, they've made this thing where everybody has to walk. And um, it doesn't matter if you're freaking Nathan Florence or or some some rando dude that's just you know basically lost his job and and lost his wife in the, in the process of making it over. You guys all end up at the same place at the end of the point, <laughs> and you're walking for twenty minutes or thirty minutes next to some of the world's greatest dudes and having just a just a super cool person to person conversation, as if there's no difference between you or them. Everyone's just humbled by the magnificence of the place and uh yeah you're all kind of um you're all in a level playing field which is for sure what makes it the most special thing that's that's kind of why i've never been to tahiti which looks like the most beautiful place in the world i just keep on getting drawn back to this place because of the quality of experience i get from it not that i wouldn't do tahiti i'd love to do that with like my wife and family but um in terms of like the amount of waves you can get and the amount of respect everyone has for each other, the hospitality of the people, the food, like the good vibes on the beach. <clears throat> it's kind of like more than <laughs> it's everything I really want out of like the bodyboarding experience, to be honest. So keep on showing up. Bro, <clears throat> dude, you sound so chuffed, Josh. I can't believe like just listening to you, you know, and <laughs> running through my head, like how stoked you are and how bliss you know pure bliss you are man you're in a bliss state yeah. at the moment coming back to sydney like what's it been like getting back to the um to the grime bro <laughs> oh, oh my man <laughs> the contrast is staggering <laughs> like <laughs> that's just just working itself i install windows right so I'm, i've got like a physical job and um i live in the central coast now 
So oh, do you? Up. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. No, no, that's all right, bro. After Senny, land of plenty. Trademark that one. It's going to catch on. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you now, anywhere you live or you go, you should really apply for a tourism job because you can promote the shit out of anything, hey? Like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, not in like a, you know, dirty car salesman way, but like you have got such an authenticity and positivity with your voice, Josh, that like when you're stoked oh, on something, you. when you, you know, it's you know, to use a term from your native tongue, when when, when something super lacquer to you, um, like you, or lacquer, 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 I could barely that's even it, yeah, say. That's it, bro. You nailed it. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, you just go for it, bro. Like, it's it's amazing. Has, has anyone ever said that to you, that, like, you've got a very infectious um, way of speaking? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, actually. I think I think I've sometimes some you know like I know some of my close friends say that I make them laugh sometimes so maybe that's kind of like on 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 a similar tangent but no I don't think I've ever had yeah thanks bro I haven't had that kind of compliment I don't think so I, I appreciate it man I think um I think enjoying or enjoying an experience authentically is like most of the work done because it's easy to, it's easy to con- convey something that you really believe in or really enjoy yeah, you know, I I think I think by this time in most people's lives, you you want to be aiming for authenticity and and like kind of um pretending to love something or pretending to sell something you don't really believe in is is like a really I think it'd be a really soul destroying but also a very difficult thing to do. Um, I don't know what your motives would be to be honest to be able to kind of do that well, but uh, yeah, I just I just love it up here and I just love I love Cape Town, I love the people, I love. Namibia, I love the people, like just genuinely love all these things. It's all full of boogers, man. The best people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I know. <clears throat> Honestly, actually, I was listening to a, um, a Brendan Newton uh, potty the other day with uh, Jed, Jed Smith and the Swellians, Smivy. Oh, and, yes. um, yeah. And he was only speaking uh, about that exact term, Brendo, you know, just saying, like, um, Oh fuck, man! I just completely lost what I was gonna say about Brendo in that um, potty. Da, 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 da. Anyway, oh, com- completely. I know what you're getting at, though. I know what you're getting at, though. That and that guy's pretty. He he kind of gets it. He actually reminds me a bit of like a. Um, he's kind of. I think guys like that recognize what we have in booging and kind of like long. Oh, like dude, I, think, sorry. I think surfing kind of used to have that. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say? Yeah, sorry. He was exactly gonna. He was. He was, he was just saying how um, he can go anywhere in the world. You know what I mean? And as you were saying before, loving bodyboarders. That um, there's just a bodyboarding community anywhere in the world, and he could just pull up at a certain location. Um, you know, with a job or with a with a holiday. If he gets in a tough situation, he could somehow call on a booger <laughs> to sleep on their floor or to sleep on their, their lounge or their couch or, you know, whatever, man. Like it was just such a, uh, a vibrant point that kind of lit up my day. Cause I was like, yeah, man, that's so, that is so legitimate. It's a very close knit community and it, and it reaches far and wide across the world, which is, and for such a small, you know, supposed, a supposed community kind of, you know, dwarf, so, so to speak by surfing, like it's kind of, um, it's really cool to still, still see we have a place in the world like that. And yeah, you're absolutely man. 
Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got that out because, fuck, I could not believe I just forgot what I was talking about beforehand. You know when you just get like a one of those blank moments, Clevy? It's fucking oh like after a long day, man, and you've just been on the tools and then you're just thinking and then just all of a sudden <laughs> oh, your hitch wears off, man. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm surprised it hasn't happened to me yet, man. That's happened to me. I remember at uni that happened to me once. Like I went up in front of everyone to try and like, I don't know, give a presentation or something. And I just looked at all the faces and I instantly knew they were more clever than me. And every bit of information just left my mind for good, bro. It did not come back. Oh. And I, I, I remember like sweating and like starting to like, like to like get faint as if I was losing blood or something. And everyone just smelt my fear and they were like, they started like kind of getting really awkward. And then eventually I just had to like, leave university and go home and i remember it was like i was like oh my gosh this is like new fear and luck right so it does happen once in a few minutes well i know i know we all have it's our not that like, bad little... I know. no 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 i bet i know exactly what you mean we have our moments man we all have our moments in the public space sometimes <laughs> i've had some classics i remember in um primary school you know this was i remember getting pulled off the stage in this year six um uh, like almost dress rehearsal for an up and coming play, and you had to like sing a song, no, so you had to no. do like a couple of verses and whatever. And I, I chose yeah. like Uncle Cracker or something, and it was like a real, <laughs> like, I think it had some undertones of some, you know, sexual innuendo that I probably shouldn't have really been reciting in primary school, but I didn't realize I just sung the song. And I, I, I love the song, man, and I, I remember just getting. Yeah, those sort of vibes and um, yeah. Oh, just, they weren't picking up what you're putting down. Eh? They weren't loving it, bro. No, they weren't loving it. And then they just pulled me away, you know. And it was kind of like discipline time, and I didn't really understand what was going on. And then later in life, I realised the meanings of the lyrics, and yeah, oh, just no. uh, you know, to relive I, the yeah, <laughs> relive the moment after actually realising what you were singing, bro. Dude, oh, I no. kind of got a bit of closure on the whole thing in the end. You know what I mean? Because at, at, at the time was there, but that was a public moment where I was kind of like. Fuck! I was going, yeah, kind of fucked up there. <laughs> but, 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 for, but for sure, but for surely he like um. I think what's I think what's cool about um, what's cool about bodyboarders is, and and you really see this when you're when you're in Namibia because every single dude that's there is one hundred percent paying for themselves, for the most part. But um, yeah, everyone's basically got themselves up there of their own steam. They've made the greatest sacrifices. You can tell how much more difficult it is, and you can tell. Like the contrast of the experience of being there versus what they've what they've come from, whether it's just like saving up absolute pittance or it's like a, an an absolute trick or it's like leaving work behind and people are angry or upset at you or whatever, versus the guys that are obviously being being paid to do to do what they love. And also kind of like the notion that it's a bit of work for them as well. It's too it's too it's chalk and cheese, man. And I I think um I think when there's when you're when you're not hindered by like the need to have to earn something or to have to provide something back to sponsors or, or, or something like that, you know what I mean? To like in order for it to be like a validated trip, these guys are living in like uh like they're essentially like purely free to enjoy it and to be creative on the wave and just kind of enjoy it for what it is without anything else um clouding that experience. And I think like the guys out there were like just the happiest faces I reckon I've ever seen in my life. Eh? 
No, oh, dude, I can only imagine. The time they've all spent in the pit there is something that, yeah, us mere mortals just have, you know, no real understanding of just yet. I can't wait to get over there, hopefully, in the in the coming years, man. I just need to mm. experience that, and I think it's just something that, um, yeah, will oh, almost complete me, as a, complete me as a person. <laughs> <laughs> you'd go good, brother. You know who's going to go the best there? The guy who trains for, the, for a triathlon. The most, yeah, uh, it was, yeah. It, it's all about getting, getting, um, getting the circles done there, getting loops done. You know, most yeah, loops, for sure. Opportunity to be in the right spot and longevity too. Like being able to just go all day, not a short, sharp, sharp sprint. It's got to be like a ten, kind of ten-hour marathon, eh? Yeah, yeah, literally, literally, man. It's quite good for the body, actually. You come back and you're like, you know, you've lost a few kgs, and you're like, oh, I remember going to going to gym afterwards going to like f45 and it was like a cardio day which usually like destroys me and i was actually kind of like oh that wasn't too bad and i was figured like yeah you reckon it's because you just did 120 k's in the desert like last week of course it's going to be good yeah that's so cool too it's got a fitness element too and just getting the absolute time portal vision of a lifetime eh? like really put yeah. the camera recorder on yeah. and just hit replay every second of the day for me i'll be just watching them in the back of my eyelids just <laughs> oh, gorging on the barrels man it's just it's it's a feeling like none other to be in a barrel like that and to be in it for so long like I, i've been in barrels for like three four five seconds they're long barrels it's like holy shit that was a really long barrel that was crazy that was a really long barrel and then it's just yeah. like 15, 20, 30, 40 seconds. Cleavy, man, I've got to ask you before we go, man, what's the longest pit you've yeah. had out the donkey? Oh, man. Um, I remember, so in 2018, that was the one where I got, you know, best wave of my life by, by a long mile. That day, I think I looked at my GoPro and I had four that were over 30 seconds and one that was like, one that was like a, a minute minus like 10 seconds or 15 seconds in between. So it was just like the most most ridiculous. Like <laughs> you just can't believe it's like a joke. It's a joke, and some of them, some of them, are also like extreme the whole time. You know what I mean? Like there was one or two that were like kind of like you're running through island, you're getting getting to surge or something. You know, like the most extreme part where you're like really like hyper focused and in the zone and praying you don't get mangled and you get you're gonna make it up. And it just sits in that moment. It just holds that moment for like 20 seconds or something and you start to go a bit delirious but yeah i think adrenaline be crazy oh man crazy adrenaline hey like you can see how well you sleep there at night (laughs) (laughs) you finish on the day and you're like you have an emotional breakdown pretty much by the end of the day and then you just go home and go home and it's it's all over a couple calamaris and a couple beers and it's, it's all over over Dude, it's almost like you're going to like this pray, cone, eat kind of camp where you're just getting That's reborn it, every day. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you are it. just getting up in the morning, you're doing your rituals, like praying, you're getting out there, you're coning, you're coming home and eating, and then you're just sleeping and doing it fucking all over again. Like that's, that is heaven on earth. And I guess really this event too um, in, the, in the, the 2023 swell, pretty unprecedented mm. to have like, that many days back to back usually it's not sure. that many for sure never had that many days before and that's why you knew like it's quite interesting having the experience of seeing it coming and like being like pretty mind blown that that was happening and then like experience it li- experiencing it live i should probably talk about how big it got to be honest but 
experience it live and then afterwards seeing everyone else's version online and what kind of clips came out and then just remembering what it's like for for everyone else like that seeing it afterwards or you know imagining what it's like or whatever and, and it was quite quite a, quite a unique one this one i remember just being like blown away seeing like a cell move in and then it's like backed up by another one and then we even extended our tickets for the saturday because it was like another little like fin coming out of that cell that just made another swell so i think um yeah i don't know i don't know when we'll see that again but maybe it'll become more common it'll be awesome It'd be but, great um, to see it happen at Patton, let me tell you, especially because it just would groom the bank, as you said, that many swells. Totally, totally. It just makes the whole trip like such great value, you know what I mean? Because if you don't get your wave on the first day or the second day, you're probably going to have gotten it by the third or fourth day, or you're just collecting all the days, you know what I mean? You're coming home with so many pits. It got, the only thing with this one, which was really like, well, uncommon, I wouldn't say strange, where the patterns happen this way, but um, it was, it became onshore on the biggest day and the and the day after, which would probably have been like the best day had it been offshore, just in terms of how big it got. Yeah, um, how big did it get? Oh man, it got so big. I remember like Ewan and I paddled out on the big day, but in the morning, and it was probably like I guess six to eight feet or something, which is super. Like for me, he was actually pretty comfortable. I was kind of getting pretty nervous at that point. Um, and I, and our first wave, I got like. Because it was onshore, by the way, you do not want it to be anything less than absolutely perfectly groomed. You cannot deal with like lumps and bumps on a wave that's freight training as like the fastest wave you can imagine. You, you, you have to draw the cleanest line to give yourself any chance of doing it. But I remember hitting a bump like straight off the takeoff and then just like pulling straight and actually made it into the flats. Thank goodness. I thought I was, you know, I might have like a, a, a situation where I get caught in the middle of the back. But um. Yeah, that day just started that size, and then by the afternoon, there were all sorts of numbers getting thrown around, but I reckon it got to, like, above 10 feet, maybe 12 feet, something like that. Wow, that's is, pretty solid, man. And what kind of period are we talking, Cleve? Yeah, it was, like, it was big. Hey, I think it was, like, 18 seconds. It was oh, pretty, wow. pretty, pretty massive, which the good part of it is Hawaii, bro. Yeah, full Hawaii. It was, um, <laughs> the, the good thing about that is that it's pretty much your only chance of being able to get out there is having a big period with long lulls because there is no channel. You paddle through gums, the equivalent of gums or kiki or whatever, wire mirror at this point, I guess. But um, you, you have to paddle through all of that. So these long periods, I think Shane actually told me he went out. Of course he did, bro, at the biggest part of the biggest day. And he, he said he pretty much got out there with dry hair on his one. So... Thank wow. you for that. Yeah, Amazing. I know. I know, bro. The chosen one. That was <laughs> that was so that was so crazy to hear. But um, when those sets came through, everyone was like, all the all the cars were just hooting, people were screaming like it was like survival for them. No jet skis, no backup plan. Oh man, mayhem, mayhem. I really um yeah, I really can't see can't wait to see what happens further down the line at Skeleton Bay and like, you know, what other further antics um occur, man. I'm sure there'll be some integration of some crazy crafts and some different things going on there. And until then, um, Josh, man, we're gonna have to leave it there, man. But I'd love to have you back on um the next time, bro. Just recap another amazing trip there because I can't get enough of um this place and every time you speak of it it just yeah 
blows me away, bro. So it's been a pleasure having you on. And for the first time of the new segment, Tales of the Boog here on the um, Riptide podcast. So <laughs> cheers, my brother. Awesome. Awesome, Lukey. And thanks so much, man. It was actually really quite an honor to be, um, yeah, added to, I suppose, the, the quiver of podcasts that you have, you've got under your sleeve there, man. I really appreciate the work that all, all you guys are doing. And I know there's also like uh, partners like Lauren and everyone that's uh, dealing with you talking yeah talking a ear of all all night all hours of the night to boogers all over the world but um i know there's a lot of people that love listening to it during their um their work hours and that and um yeah it's doing a great thing for the sport man so i appreciate it bro oh clever man thank you for the kind words brian yeah it's exactly for that exact reason trying to do it for the sport and i love listening to podcasts on um my daily times at work you know what i mean and i'll often listen to say jay reels potty or yeah as you mentioned before the la boogie ones um i've listened to a couple of infoamed ones as of the last couple of years probably not so much as now but you know they still do some pretty cool stuff so yeah there's some great people mm. out there talking boogan and obviously um paul van um van and boom man doing the future cast now on the riptide app and, and that's something people really need to have a look at before we go um just before i let go clevy like that riptide app is so legitimate it really is quite easy to sign up and subscribe to um the publication itself and and all the content on there is just mind-blowing and there's just really cool um edits getting uploaded every week you know some new some old and just um, a lot of work's going in behind it. So if anyone's keen on supporting Boogan, get over to that app and just um, subscribe because, yeah, new stuff's going up every week and, and Boogan needs to grow. So giddy up. Giddy up, boy. Thanks, Lukey. I'll chat to you again soon, my man. Yeah, bro. Can't wait to. Thanks again for your time. All right. Cheers, bro. See you, Clever. You.
gon' rock Either we all gon' clap or somebody gon' get clapped And I'm not down with that, sure as my name's been rocked In 99 I will officially re-effin' up the block And dedicate my life to preservation of hip-hop I'm tired of seeing the people in my culture getting shot And now I must step up because I know that's all we got I must do it, pursue it before all the maggots make it rock Hip-hop, it ain't gon' die, it's gon' diversify And as long as I'm alive, I'm gon' promote the eye And no matter how many people try to use or defuse it It ain't nothing like hip-hop music